What's up, everybody? It's Brad and Andrew from Auto Off Topic. The coloring contest is back and now much improved thanks to super listener Frank Eck. The contest is simple. Complete one of the pages of the coloring book found on our Facebook page or the Auto Off Topic coloring contest Facebook page in any of two mediums. Digital, using any computer program, or analog, be it colored pencil, marker, crayon, watercolor, however you choose. One entry counted per medium per person. Each individual can have a total of two entries, one per format. There will also be two age groups, age 15 and below, and ages 16 on up. Links to the coloring book pages can be found on our Facebook page and the Facebook page for the coloring contest. Electronic entries, including scanned entries, can be sent to us via email, autooftopicpodcast at gmail.com. Paper copies can be sent by snail mail to Auto Off Topic Podcast Contest, 83 Lakeshore Drive, Georgetown, Massachusetts, 01833. Note, all hard copies received will not be returned, period. The contest runs through November 30th. The company's and owner's group's donating prizes are Mitsubishi Motors North America, Adventure Driven Design, Forced Performance, Palladian Trucks, Northeast Mitsubishi 4x4, Mitsubishi Montero Owners Group of the USA, Florida Mitsubishi 4x4, and Mitsu Nation Facebook Group. Please enjoy this free contest, and don't forget, entries must be postmarked by November 30th, 2017. Good luck. Welcome to episode 62 of Auto Off Topic. I'm Andrew. And I'm Brad. Well, it's a day early, because Thanksgiving week. It is, but nobody's going to know that. No. If you didn't tell them, because we're Whatever. not going to release it till Thursday. So happy Thanksgiving if you're listening on the day it comes out. Yes. If you are, stop listening and do something more Thanksgiving related. Turbo Turkey and listen episode. To no, it's not. It's <laughs> a such thing. You know, uh, do you remember um, third gen Monteros? He stepped on the brake pedal when the ABS accumulator went bad. And they would go. Well, they gobbled. They gobbled yeah, turkey. So there, there's our turkey relation right there. So I used to. Customers would call and be like, oh, my Montero's making this weird noise. I'm like, does it sound like a turkey gobbling? And they're like, yes. It's like, well, then it's the accumulator. Yep. And I was like, it's this little part that looks like a pirate bomb. It was very common, too. Yeah. Right. But you know what I mean? Right? Like, like a comical bomb? Yeah. Like, like one a, that Batman would throw back in the water in the 1962 Batman movie? Yeah. Like a round ball that you'd have the fuse coming out. It looked just like that. Yeah. Com- comical bomb. I like it. Mm-hmm. What'd you bring? I am pouring you um, some. I'm doing a horrible pour as well because I don't know. I'm just not paying attention, right? No, I guess not. Uh, Founders Brewery. Um, they're the ones that do the breakfast out. Oh, yeah. This is not the breakfast out. This is the DKML. Um, I was inspired by a question last week when somebody said we needed to do a. Um, what did they say we need to do? Like a barrel. I don't even remember. Uh, a bourbon barrel beer episode. Basically, a high alcohol content beer episode. Hey, um, I said that pretty well. Bourbon barrel beer episode. You did. You haven't started drinking it yet, though. Nope, either. I haven't. No. <laughs> uh, I thought they were local, but Grand Rapids, Michigan. They're not that. local. No, Founders is not local. Huh. 2017, wow. new release. Yeah, yeah. It's a limited release, new release. Founders anyway, Brewery. this is the DKML, um, uh, which, hysterically enough, stands for Dick Kicking Malt Liquor. Kicks you where... Kixie, where you most expect it, yes. Okay. Uh, Imperial malt liquor and aged in bourbon barrels. So, Jesus. Yeah, it's really good. Um, the bottles are stamped on the back, what the actual alcohol percentage is, because I guess there's a few different ones. Um, 
and it stamped 14.2%. Whoa. <laughs> it's a little strong. <laughs> Whoa. And it's, uh, what, eight ounce? What is this? 12 uh, ounce? Yeah, it's, it's a 12 ounce. 12 ounce bottle, yeah. Holy cow. Yep. So. Oops. Anyway, so yeah, so we're not going to drink a lot of these tonight because, uh, uh, no, would, one. We would die. One. Yeah, definitely yeah. one is fine. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, but if you like bourbon-aged beer, or if you like bourbon and you like beer, um, I'll do my best. Uh, George Thorogood, one bourbon, one scotch. I hate that beer. song. <laughs> really? It's, that's my favorite George Thorogood song. I, I <laughs> if I had like to have a favorite George Thorogood song, that would be it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, DKML by Founders. Really strong, but really tasty. So more importantly than strong, it's not just get drunk beer. It's really good beer. I've had it a few times. It's it lighter draft. than I thought it would be in color. Yeah, well, it's not a it's not a stout or a porter or anything. It's just a it's a, a malt ale. It's, it's pretty delicious. It smells like bourbon. It tastes like bourbon. Yeah, it does. Isn't really bourbon though. Yeah, well, it kind of looks like bourbon. It's brown like bourbon. Yeah, so. it's got a little that color to it, the honey color. All right. Anyway, it's delicious, and uh, it'll probably be a short episode because by the time we finish drinking this, we'll probably be slurring our speech. It's, it definitely has that uh, little alcohol burn afterwards. So yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little, de- little, little delicious though. So that's all that matters. So, um, bars and car updates. Yeah, have you added anything to your cars? I changed the oil in the Montero. That's about it. And the '99 Montero because the '89 is gone. Yes. Yeah, we discussed that last week. Okay, so we did discuss that already. Um, touch any of the Subarus? You Subaru guy now? No, I All need. Right. I do. I do need to change the oil in the WRX, but that's about it. Okay. Otherwise, just been driving it to and from work. Yeah. Likewise, I've been driving the Blue Colts, the '78, um, because they have not salted the roads here yet. Not yet. So, knock on wood, they don't do that for a while. It was actually 60 degrees out today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was surprising, and we'll take that some. I don't think we have any bad weather in the forecast nothing in the immediate forecast as i hear motorcycles go by yeah <laughs> I, I heard motorcycles earlier the, yeah that's a it's a late a late a late winter i guess here this year so we'll take that though oh people will ride motorcycles here until they do salt the roads yeah 100%. and then some dummies will ride afterwards i don't blame the ones that ride up until the salt no i used to do when i had my bike on yeah. the road i still have it just not on the road um anyway so yeah the blue colt has been still pressed into service and running wonderfully um However, the long-standing brown Colt, the 1980 hatchback, that's the one based on a Mitsubishi Mirage. Uh-huh. Not based on it, is a Mitsubishi Mirage. That one um, has been sitting for about a year, I think. Maybe even a little longer. It's been sitting for a long time. Maybe almost two years. Yeah, maybe. At this point. Because uh, I couldn't keep it running right. Um, you know, it wasn't two years because I remember last time it broke down... I towed it home with my own trailer. So okay. it must have been about a year ago. <laughs> so you couldn't keep it running, I remember, and then when you went to move it, it wouldn't move? Well... But do you think that was from the not engine in, not running right? It initi- wasn't a, a transmission issue? Right. All Initially, right. what happened was the car would run until it got warmed up, and then it would just constantly die. You could get it to idle, and you put it in gear, and it would die. Mm-hmm. Um... So I didn't know if there was, like user said, a transmission issue or a problem with the engine of the car itself. Um, and I just had so much other stuff going on that I never really looked at it, never really played with it. I played with it the first day it broke, couldn't make it any better. And it got to the point where even when it was cold, it wouldn't move anymore. 
So I just kind of parked it for a while. Weird. Yeah, I don't. I'm not even sure exactly why it went out of adjustment, but it did. So I don't know. You didn't sacrifice on a full moon. Yeah, I didn't sacrifice to the, to the carb gods. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. He also got mad at me was driving a fuel injected truck too much. I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, a fuel injected vehicle just automatically makes adjustments for you, right? So maybe that's... <laughs> but I drove the Brown Colt for like three years without an issue. I even daily drove it through a whole winter one year and it wasn't an issue. So it's always been fairly reliable and I just never really never really thought about it. But you know, things wear out, things break. Um, however, nothing wore out, nothing broke. It just somehow went out of adjustment. Um, because I basically closed down all the adjustments on the carb. I closed everything down to, you know... Full left turn on all those adjustment screws. Closed them all down. And then slowly opened up everything except for the um, base idle until the car would fire up and stay running. Hmm. And then just slowly made adjustments until I got it to the point where the car would move. Hmm. Um, I don't have any kind of proper air fuel measuring equipment for that carburetor adjustments, which I probably should. Just go off smell and sound? Just go off it runs or it doesn't. Is <laughs> more what it is. Well, you can kind of smell the exhaust if it's too rich. Yeah, you can tell if it's too rich. Uh, you really can't tell probably, it's clean, but... No, but you could kind of hear it because it probably starts to idle a little better. When it's too lean? No. When it's, lean, when it's mixed right. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Basically, once I got the idle set, then I kind of played with everything. Until... Basically, dead reckoning. Yes. Um, you might as well be sailing a ship in the 1700s. Blind in a foggy Yeah, night. you don't need a compass or a watch. Just, just figure where it out. where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, I just, once I got it to the point where it would idle, and once it would idle, I let it, you know, warm up some more. Mm-hmm. And then I'd put it in gear, and it would die. So I'd say, well, it's going to need, obviously, a little more idle. So i turn up the idle a little bit more, and then put it in gear, and it would die. I'd be like, all right, turn the idle up a little bit. Let me adjust the air-fuel mixture a little bit and make it a little more rich. And then what happened is eventually i put it in gear, and it'd be fine. Hmm. So then i put it back in neutral, and I would just snap the throttle real quick. And if it died, then my assumption is it's not getting enough fuel. Or if it bogged down, my assumption would be it's getting too much fuel. Sure, sputtering. I don't. I'm not. I'm not an expert at this. I'm just. I was playing with it. So I got to the point where I could rev it freely while I was sitting in the driveway, put it in gear, and move it. And it took about like three hours of just fiddling with carb adjustments to make it right. So I think that is all I'm supposed to do to make it right, other than have some kind of air fuel mixture, mm-hmm. proper gauge to do it. I mean, I didn't break anything. Car runs. I drove it up and down my street. I didn't go far because the registration is expired. I need to renew the registration yeah. before I can take it far. Um, so I just took a chance and went just kind of maybe a quarter mile down my own street and back. It's a little tiny street. But uh, everything seemed fine. I fired it up again later on in the day when it was cold. Didn't let it fully warm up and drove it down the same loop on the street. Hmm. And everything was fine. So the next step is to get it registered and drive it further, mm-hmm. and then maybe play with the carb adjustments a little bit more. So and then figure out how to properly, properly adjust the carb. 
because I have all these cars with carbs, and they've always just worked. Yeah. Which is weird, because most people always complain about carbs. So I've never really had too much of an opportunity to have to really properly, properly adjust a carb. Okay. So it was a learning curve for me. But I just, every car I've had has just worked. Maybe because we're at an advantage where we live, because we live at sea level. I guess. I mean, that's I don't know. pretty much a baseline for a carburetor is sea level. Yeah. Or anything is sea level. So maybe I've just been getting, I've gotten lucky that they all work just fine. <laughs> you know, and all my cars that haven't been from here have been from California, which is also sea level. They're so. pretty, they're all pretty modern quotes by carb standards. Um, The one on the Cressida and the one on the Raider are not. No, but the uh, Raider has an electronic choke at least, though. It does. They both do, actually, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But my RX-7 didn't have an electric choke. That was a pretty antiquated carb. Yeah, you had to actually pull the choke yeah, cable. Yeah, choke lever inside the car. Which is weird. But I've just, I've never had an issue. And I just, it's always been um, play with the idle speed a little bit. And that's all I've ever had to do on a carb, really. And they've always just worked. Hmm. So mm-hmm. don't mess with something. That's, don't If it's not broke, don't fix it kind of deal. Yeah, I guess. So I'm learning a lot more about carb tuning now um trying to educate myself a little bit more and by educate in this case i just went by make the damn thing work Mm -hmm. regardless of however long it took me to do it and (laughs) it was pretty warm out on i think it was sunday i did it it was pretty warm out and i made it work and i felt good to drive around the block good so it'll be good to drive the car again i was surprised the rear brakes weren't frozen could mm-hmm. sat in the same spot the Mirage used to sit, and the Mirage brakes always froze right there. So No, that would do it within like a couple of weeks of sitting for whatever reason. Yeah. Even once that car had new drums in the rear, it did it. Yeah. I, don't know why. I remember cutting probably them off on more because than one occasion. the uh probably because you parked it with the e brake up because it was a manual. Possibly. It probably has more to do with it. But the e brake was up on this car too. Uh, I don't know. Because the next thing I need to adjust is the parking pawl or the parking adjustment. Because it doesn't actually go into park, and it won't start if the shift lever's in park. Well, it's a park neutral park, park neutral park safety, neutral safety adjustment, yeah. but it's actually it's probably in the shifter. It's probably not the shifter efficient. itself is what needs to be adjusted. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't quite seem to want to go all the way forward. So I park it neutral and pull the e brake um, and start it neutral because it won't start in what's considered park. In fact, I remember getting a phone call one day when I was up in Maine because. The wife and daughter were driving the car, and they couldn't get the car to start. <laughs> mm-hmm. And some dumb main mechanic tried to help them and didn't know what he was doing. Not that there's anything against the state of Maine. I'm just saying this one guy's a bad main mechanic. Um, and then he bent my hood trying to close it because he didn't move the prop rod right. It was just a general nightmare. Mm-hmm. Makes me angry to this day. Mm-hmm. But I also, it's my fault for not telling them to put the car in neutral to start it. So, whatever. I still have that problem with the 99. Won't start in park sometimes. Yeah, and then I wiggle it, and it starts. So, so I think it needs a park neutral safety switch. A worn switch. out park neutral safety switch. Yeah. Well, I adjusted it, so it lined up. I adjusted mm-hmm. the cable. I replaced the shifter with a less worn out shifter, and it still does that. So you know it solved that problem in all of our cars. Yeah, manual manual transmissions. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, because when the when the clutch neutral safety switch breaks, well, the clutch safety switch. Yeah, it just works. Not necessarily. Oh, does it 
Well, did they always fail open? I've never had one that didn't. Yeah, the Mirage, the Mirage one failed open. The Mirage I've... one failed open. My Raider is failed open. My Starion failed open. My old Jetta failed open, the 01 Jetta. The Starion didn't have one. Maybe it doesn't have one. And I don't think the Raider has one either. In 88, really? Yeah, I think it was after, like, 90. Clutch okay. lockout. Well, the 01 Jetta yeah. failed open. So, And then uh, I had on the Gallant, there's a small rubber button that fits into the clutch pedal that pushes on the clutch safety switch. So it knows that it's there. But if that button falls out... Doesn't quite reach the. It does the clutch switch. No, the clutch switch pushes right through the clutch pedal. Okay. So there's like a like a flat spot that comes off of the clutch pedal Mm -hmm. that swings down and touches the switch with the little rubber button in there. Okay, and the rubber softens it, obviously. Yeah, but when the rubber button falls out, there's a hole there. Oh, okay. So the clutch switch just passes through the hole, and you never touch it. Okay. And the car wouldn't start one day because the button went missing. So, so why is there a button there? The I right don't place? know. <laughs> I, it seems like a redundancy that shouldn't be there. So I ended up buying two of them as spare parts, and I keep one in each, the Talon and the Glant. So if it ever does That's not fun. start and the button's missing. You'll know why. Yeah. It's so bizarre. But alternatively, could you just put your foot down there and push the button in? Now that I know. Okay. But yeah, I didn't know at the time until I had already replaced a starter in the Glant. Oh, you replaced a starter for yeah. it? Yeah. Oh. It acted just like a bad starter. Well, I know I had an issue with the pedal on a my old Audi 4000 when I first bought it. I was driving it. I was in I was in Boston, parallel parking in Boston, and all of a sudden I had no gas pedal, and I just was like, "What just happened?" I had absolutely no way of accelerating the car. Uh, I was parallel parking. Well, if you're parallel parking, you drive it with the clutch, which is what I did. So I parked it with the clutch, um, and then I had to figure it out because now I'm in downtown Boston. I was on my way to a MERS show, actually, um, at Brighton Music Hall, I think. Anyway, whatever. That's not important. Um, but the way that car is, it has a like a double pivot on the, thr- on the throttle pedal, so that when you push the throttle pedal in, it pulls another lever backwards, and that pulls the... Yeah, it's weird. That seems German. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it has this little weighted, like, thing... It's in between the two pieces, and all that holds them in is a does rubber bushing. Like, when you pull it, does like a weight fall? Yes, oh, there's, there's a weight hamster it's, it's runs a, weighted, in a wheel. Well, no, and like an egg rolls down and an breaks Audi. into it's a an pan. Audi. It's an Audi. There's five hamsters running under the plate. Okay, um, no, it's a little metal weight that goes in between these two things for whatever reason. Instead of just being like a straight like pull the throttle cable kind of deal. Um, but the only thing that holds it in is a pin on the gas pedal and a pin on the lever that comes out of the firewall. One yeah. goes in the left, one goes in the right, and the only thing holding it in place is rubber bushings. So when those rubber bushings fail, the part just falls out. Oh. So, um, thankfully, somebody who worked at Brighton Music Hall, <laughs> which was a funny question to ask anybody there, had zip ties. All right. Um, and I managed to zip tie the two pieces together with the weight in between them. Um, enough to get home and order the parts. All right. So I only had the car for like a week, so I was super pissed when that happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I don't even know how we got on that tangent. How did that happen? Oh yeah, the clutch safety switch and not being in park. Yep. But yes, every car should be a manual transmission. Yeah, basically. So uh, it was funny. I was driving Stephanie's car over the weekend on the highway. I didn't cruise control, mm-hmm. and I 
just forgot. Like I went to shift from fifth to sixth or I keep, that's the other thing too. Uh, she keeps making fun of me when we're driving it because I'll get on the highway and just have it in fifth, Leave it in fifth. and just totally forget that it's a six speed, six speed. Yep. Because the WRX is a five speed or you can do what I always do in my like blue Colt. Yeah. Or I get in fourth gear and I'll run 70 miles an hour and I'm like, all right, I should shift. And then I take it out of gear and there's nowhere for it to go. Oh, and I got to put it back and forth again. Cause only the four speeds. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I, I pushed the clutch in to shift and then it like started slowing down. I was like, why? Oh yeah. It turns off <laughs> it turns, the cruise control. Yeah, it turns off the cruise control. Yeah. Which is probably a second function of the same switch. Yes. I'm sure. Yes. That way when you hit the clutch pedal, the engine doesn't go wham if you're in cruise control. Would would it do that, you think? Yes. Because I don't know how cruise control works. Does it work on engine speed or does it work on Well, think about it. If you're cruising along at sixty five mm-hmm. uh and like it probably would I would think there'd be some kind of a fail safe in the ECU where if all of a sudden oh. it's had free revving no, because it's just uh, it's just cables on an older system. That's not oh, like I'm a, talking about Stephanie's car. Yeah, it it wouldn't, but like on an older car, like all my other older cars are cables in the cruise control. Right. If you just basically hit, a throttle lock. Yeah, yeah. If you hit it, it would probably open up the throttle plate like real quick. Okay. So, I'm not sure. I'd never tried. No, I've I've done it in my older cars. You hit it, but okay. So it now it shuts it off. We talked about my Starion and Raider not having... Your Raider does not have cruise control. Okay, Starion does. Yeah. So how does it work if it doesn't have a, a clutch lockout switch? It might have a second switch just for the cruise control. Hmm. That's possible, too. It has two switches. <laughs> I've no. never really cared about this stuff. Yeah, it's just but a weird thing. The cruise control does, does work, or it did when I parked it seven years ago. Yeah. So I can we get that back in the road eventually. We can uh, we can experiment, I guess, because <laughs> everything else has newer cruise control and ECUs. Like the Galant has an ECU mm-hmm. and a switch, mm-hmm. and Stephanie Subaru has an ECU that probably don't allow it to happen. I'm sure he does access too. Galant has an E-Tax, which is kind of neat. Yeah, electronic timing and control control system. Yeah, is it? Yep. Because um, you'll put the wipers into intermittent, mm-hmm. and then as you move up to highway speed, they'll start just going fast. The Starion has an E-Tax, and the Sephora has an E-Tax as well. Yeah. Earlier versions of the same, obviously. But When I was at the dealer, we saw one fail in an Outlander. So when the woman turned on her wipers, the horn would beep. It was pretty funny. That's not inconvenient at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing when it rains? I honk. Yeah. <laughs> Literally every time they came around, it was... <laughs> All her neighbors knew when it was raining out. So what else have you worked on this week, Andrew? Anything? Real Not cars, much. model cars, uh, house projects, anything you want to talk about? Nope. Anything interesting at work you worked on? No? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We got a Prius in. I said interesting. It's a uh, 2009 Prius with 260,000 miles on it. It's still not interesting. <laughs> It is gold on beige. Nope. They lost it completely. <laughs> that is a horrid, horrid vehicle. I don't know. It's kind of interesting to me. Why? Because it's different. Different, I guess, yeah. Uh, apparently, you can you can change the batteries on those yourself. Yeah. You just... Most people don't, obviously. 
Uh, a lot of people do, I guess. You know, what my favorite feature is not on not on, not on the Prius, but on the Honda version of the Prius. What do they call it? The Honda Insight. Was it the Insight? Yeah. Uh, when you go to work on the car, yeah, you have to power down the electrical system. Yeah. And is a panel behind the rear seat. Yeah. And it is a comically large, like, house light switch to turn off the power of the system. Well, yeah, this has a giant safety lock you undo. And then, like, remember the iMeve underneath the driver's seat? There was a big, like, off switch. Okay. For, like, emergency workers. Is it a big, like, comically large, like, Yeah, it's home like the size of, like, a plate. Yeah. Like a rotary switch. But the one, the, the one in the Civic is designed. Uh, is it the Civic Hybrid or the Honda Insight? It's designed just like a house light switch, but it's huge. It's behind the seat. It's but here's the thing: it's kind of a dumb car, but and a boring car. I'm like, wait a minute. What if if you bought one of those cheap enough, right? Okay. They actually don't really break that often. No, they're pretty reliable cars. It's like the perfect car to do like Uber or Lyft with. Okay. Because if you weren't making any payments on it, and you weren't spending a lot of money on it, maintaining it. But you don't, because that's a Prius. And it was basically just making you money. I was like, hmm. Because, like, we live so close to, like, Boston or, like, Oh, yeah, Uber Uber and Lyft are very popular around here because we're in the North Shore. is a bunch of cities all linked together, so. Like, you could probably make a 1000 bucks a month on a car that might cost you 100 bucks. A month to own. I have no idea, but it sounds like a good idea to me. I was like, hmm. I mean, you just plastic dip it some, like, weird color. Okay. So, like, people can see you. Because they're not going to see you in a beige Prius, <laughs> no. that's for sure. No. <laughs> I mean, you already don't care about it. Like, whatever. <laughs> it's already beat up. And then we're not using it, rent it out on Turo. Yeah. All right. I like this idea. <laughs> I do too. Let's invest in a couple of them and start working at night. We can, uh, we, instead of uh, taxi cab confessions, we'll have uh, auto off topic confessions episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Sounds like a good plan. I mean, to me, that seems like the way you do it. Well, yeah, I wouldn't do it in a brand new car because you wear it out. No, I, and I, I think there, there are definitely people who buy cars just to put on Toro. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know how it works exactly because it seems like not enough money to make it worthwhile to me. Uh, I mean, if it's, well, if you have a nice enough car and you rent it out enough times that it covers the payments, but it's not a car that you really care about. Right. That's that's the key, though, is I'm not going to buy a car I don't care about just to put on Turo because if you look at something like Turo, it's, say you had a Ford Focus. Yeah. And you put it on Turo. Yeah. It's like $37 a day. Okay. So say your monthly payment is 250 bucks. Yep. You got to rent that thing out a lot in order yeah. to cover your monthly payment plus insurance. And then you're not going to use it at all. No. So you have to hope that you rent that thing out 10 days a you know, month. Well, that's the thing. You have to, you do have to invest into something that you could either have a cheap secondary car like that, or you have something that's like really, really nice. But then I don't like want to turbo it. Like a Boxster or something? <laughs> but then I don't want to turbo it. Because then now you have the added maintenance of a Boxster. So you have Boxster brakes, Boxster tires, Boxster clutch. Yeah, I mean, but if you're renting it out for like 250 bucks a day... I don't I don't think... I, I think it's... I think there's I'm a sure, trick to it. I'm sure it works. I don't know what the trick is. I'm not touring out any of my shit boxes because <laughs> I can barely make them run, let alone some poor Turo renter. No, I you would buy a car just to 
be a tarot car. No. Yeah, I, I, I like where you were going with the Prius as an Uber Lyft car and maybe Turo it on days you're not using it. But other than that, I'm not down. Like, definitely, if you, uh, like, if we were closer to, like, vacation spots, like, say, like, Cape Cod or something. We're not, we are a vacation spot. Cape Ann is a huge vacation okay, spot. Okay, okay. But someplace, Salem is a huge no, vacation someplace spot. where somebody wants, like, an open top 4x4. So you get, like, an older Jeep or, like, an older Toyota like Land Cruiser or something. Okay. Yes, there's Jeep. a high amount of investment. Yeah. So like a Jeep, like that. That would be something. I mean. All right. So you, you you figured out one niche. So what does the guy writing the focus out do it for? I don't know. Well, here, drive my car. Like if maybe if I, if I gave okay. somebody if okay. I gave somebody who's a friend of mine. Maybe you live in the city. You excluded. Hold on. Maybe you live in the city. Okay. And you don't want to pay for parking every day. So if your car's rented out, you're not paying for the parking. Ah, uh, you still got to park it. Ma- and no. it's making money for you. No. No. So say somebody wanted to borrow my car for a day. Yeah. All right. Excluding like you or other really close friends. Yeah. If an acquaintance wanted to borrow my car for a day. Yeah. And he's like, I'll give you 36 bucks to rent your car for the day. I tell him to go behind sand. Because that's not enough money to take my car for the day. There's so much risk involved in that. Uh, I don't know. But, I mean, they have their own insurance through like Turo. I I just don't like it. I don't. I, I can't get behind it. I, I can get behind renting somebody else's car on my end and being the renter, but I can't get owning the rentee vehicle. I, I just, I don't. Uh, I, I have too much mechanical sympathy for things, and I hear something wrong in my car, and I'm like, oh, i got to figure out what that is. And no, you got to buy, fix it, you but have to buy a car purposely for using it to be a profit vehicle on Turo. I don't like gambling. It's too much work, too much gamble. <laughs> I don't think it's gambling. If I'm going to take the time and effort and time, sorry, the time and effort and money, to buy and register a car, it's going to be something I want and I'm going to use. Okay. But I don't know. I think there's money to be made. I'm sure there is. That's why people do it. But I just don't get it, so I'm not going to do it. Well, anyway. Yes. So, no other Project updates. Have you gone to any car events? No, but I hear you have. You are so lame this week, Andrew. <laughs> How are we going to keep podcasts I, going if you don't do cars? So stuff? lame. I was with my family all weekend. Awful. Did you see any cool cars? No, but I did have a... a one of my uncle's relatives, uh, who does a lot of antiquing, showed me this uh, antique rally computer that they found, like, the day before. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. like a, It was, like, a, a uh, speed pilot, like a Heldex speed pilot. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. That's really cool. But they won't give it to you. They got it for, like, really cheap. That's worth too much money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I went to another Cars and Coffee, um, Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee. That's the one in Salem, New Hampshire. The weather was iffy. It was supposed to rain all morning. Yeah, so what did they postpone so it they until postponed later? it until like 11.30 late morning, hmm. um, which worked out perfectly because the weather got nice. Got nice right around 11 o'clock, so about a half hour before the show started. So they still had about 50 or 60 cars. Cool. It was pretty good. Um, did you bring the Colt? I did bring the Colt. Uh, actually went out to breakfast beforehand with a couple of friends that go and uh, and the organizer of the event. And we were sitting there at the breakfast table being like, hmm, this may or may not happen today. Cause yeah. I was like, you know what? Regardless, we got to go. In a worst case scenario, we go in, grab a coffee, sit down inside, and uh, pay attention to people coming in, say hi, and thank you for coming, but not stay in the rain all day. But actually, it wound up being a good, a good turnout. Um, some interesting stuff showed up, um, as always does to a Cars and Coffee. Um, there was what I would call a SEMA-style Subaru build. Which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, you sent me a picture of that. That was a little weird. It was way over the top. And I... I, I 
you see stuff like this. I didn't think it existed around here. Right. You, you, get, it, you get desensitized to it when you're looking at, like, SEMA build coverage or, like, Speed Hunters show coverage. It was like a Liberty Walk-ish. It was that style with the huge body GT wing kit. on the back. Yeah. So it was a what, – what body style impressor is that? A G – It's after uh, GD. So GE? I don't know. It's the General Electric Impreza. So there was like the GD. It was like a 2014 or 15 Impreza. There was the GD and then the uh, Camry Impreza. Oh, yeah, the Corolla. And then the Box Flare Impreza again. And it was the one with the hatch. It was the hatch. So it was like a 13 or a 14, yeah. I'd say. But it had the bolt-on over fenders. Yep. Like uh, really deep, like what, rotiform wheels or something? That, that style, like flat dish, but really deep flat dish wheel with super stretched tires with white letter paint markings on them. Um, deep, like bass boat metal flake paint. Then it had this GT wing on the back that was like I, I, almost two times wider than the car with these huge stanchions that went down into the rear bumper. It was... It was over-the-top carbon splitters on the front bumper, carbon splitters under the rockers, carbon diffuser under the back of the back of the car. Whether it was real carbon or not, I don't know, but whatever. It was just a bunch of parts to make it look like a race car with parts that a race car would never have. So it was a little over-the-top. I'm not going to sit here and bash the dude's car because he put a lot of time and effort into it, and it is... Along with current trends, so I mean, it is the kind of current style. Yeah, respect thing. all builds. I'm not. I'm not going to respect it because I don't like it at all. I will guarantee you that. I'm not saying it's awesome or wonderful. I don't want to see it again either. Um, I just. I, I don't. I don't get it. I didn't. Uh, I, didn't I didn't think it existed well, outside we, of SEMA. We come from the form follows function side okay. of things, right? Which this to me, that style of a car is form. Function form disrupts function. Yeah, absolutely. But it's meant to look like form follows function because it's all race car styled parts, just overtly but it over the top. None of it seems usable. Well, think about I'm um, sitting here in your basement looking at that 935 Porsche model kit. Um, it's all huge wide fenders, huge wings. It's all that kind of stuff that. The car had, but it was functional because it was a race car. Yeah. So it's it's all race car styling parts just so over the top that they just don't work anymore. Coupled with the super high degree of negative camber and stretch tires. I think it's mostly the suspension that lets them down. Because sometimes these cars will have a bunch of tuning parts in them, too. And they'll actually have, like, horsepower. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't tell. The car didn't but, sound too obnoxious or anything, so I don't know. I don't know. You gotta have like travel in your suspension mm-hmm. and sidewall on your tires and contact patch. Yeah, because too much camber is no contact patch. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's a full race style build. It's interesting. I, I don't know if we'll put a picture of it up or not. Maybe 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 not. Just so you can see what we're talking about. You can direct message Brad for it. Yeah, exactly. If you happen to own a purple Subaru, I am sorry, but I don't like your car. Um, there was some other other stuff there. Um. Mostly newer stuff because a lot of older stuff is put away for the season. Um, obviously, you know, the smattering of E30 3 Series BMWs, Volvo 240 wagons and sedans were there. Bunch of new Jettas on Air Ride. Um, our favorite local club, Savage North, 
which I shouldn't mention by name, but I'm going to anyway because it's ridiculous. Um, I get it. They're into their cars. They're and they're fairly young. They just it's they need to stop basically because they're like, they're the ones that are going to ruin it for everybody else driving around the parking lot too fast, revving with flashing bright red lights into the cars. Oh well, if they're being dicks like that, then yeah, yeah, I'm going to totally call them out on yeah. it. Yeah, stop it. If you know Savage North guys, tell them to stop it. Specifically, the guy in the black Acura. Just uh, anyway, be normal. Just yeah, don't be a jerk. You just sit in the parking lot. Drive to a parking lot. Park in the parking and lot. And talk to your friends. Stop. <laughs> don't do multiple laps. And then when you get to the end to make like a ninety degree, ninety degree, sorry, forty five degree turn, you don't have to accelerate through the parking lot turn. Like you're not impressing anybody at all. Yeah. You're just going to wind up running somebody over. It's going to ruin it for everybody else. Yeah. I know it's cars and coffee, and we're selling like being grumpy old men. But you literally just show up and drink coffee and talk to people. That's the whole point. Yeah, of of cars gathering of cars, coffee, and friends. It should be called cars and coffee and friends. That's what it should be called, not cars and coffee and showing off. <laughs> so I don't know. I just I have a great time there. It's a really good event. Most of the people are awesome. Um, the people that organized it and people that go every week or every month are totally solid and. If you're in the area, look it up, Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee. I highly recommend it. And usually Andrew and I are there, or at least me, because it's like 15 minutes from my house. <laughs> so, anything else going on, Andrew? Yeah, Other than we're getting ready to go to Radwood? When's the next one? Uh, the December 17th. 17th uh, and it's going to be weather, not, not weather dependent, whether it's snowing or sunny. The event will be there. If it is snowing with salty roads, then we'll just have um, our modern cars and our non-show cars, and we'll have coffee inside and hang around talk cars. And if it's still nice out, then we'll have cars. But we're going to keep it going all winter, we decided, this past week. so Cool. But it just becomes coffee for a while, not cars and coffee. It does. But if you want some like-minded car people, look it up. Southern New Hampshire, cars and coffee. All right. So, I mean... That's about it, I guess. Yeah. Got Radwood coming up, and not this weekend, but the weekend after. Yep. So, like, a week and a half from now. Yep. Pretty stoked on that. Yeah, definitely. I need to get an outfit together of some sort. Yeah, you do. Um, might need a little help with that, Andrew. I heard, I heard that we're, uh, we're going to get to ride the Million Mile Lexus. Yes, we may be arriving in style. Yes. From what I've heard. Thanks to our friend over at uh, Camden Tubbed. Yeah. Um, thanks, Bradley. So hopefully it, uh, oh, it's going to be a good time. So It's going to be a really good yeah, time. If you're anywhere near L.A., uh, and I know we definitely have some listeners out there, but I'm sure they've all uh, already oh, heard of the event. Oh, I re-upped on stickers. So uh, we'll have more stickers. Excellent. And there are several people that message us about stickers. Yes. We'll get that. <laughs> <as well. laughs> yes. Uh, I will do that uh, this week yep. in weekend. I still have some awesome prizes sitting, waiting to go out for the coloring contest. And there's only, you know, we need a few more entries to come in. Um, oh, that'll be over next week. That'll be over next week, so I'll get those entries in. Yep. Um, some really cool swag bags from Mitsubishi. Some really cool T-shirts from, um, yeah, the 4x4 shop in Georgia. Uh, the ad has all the names in it. Yeah. <laughs> the beer gets 14% beer. We're not doing very good. The beer is getting to you. Sorry, sponsors. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, some stuff from Wasabi Cars. I'm looking forward to sunny California. Yes, exactly. And my Radwood outfit, which is very rad. Uh Uh-huh. 
Um, I will be bringing a Mitsubishi. We won't say what. This is true. You will be bringing a Mitsubishi. I will be bringing a Mitsubishi. A new purchase. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm debuting a new Mitsubishi yes. at the show. Very cool. <laughs> anyway, uh, as always, you can follow us on Off Topic Podcast on Facebook, on Off Topic on Instagram. Uh, please set yourself to receive uh, CR page first on Facebook. That way you can see when we're asking for questions or any other, or any of our other posts. We're trying to post more to Facebook. Uh, we're working on posting more to Instagram. So you can also set up alerts on Instagram. You'll see our question posts there. You can follow me, Race and Anger, on Instagram. And Brad? You can follow me at TSISS350 on Instagram or at Vintage Imports NE on Instagram as well. Awesome. And if you can please rate and review us on iTunes... Uh, and, of course, share with a friend. That would be amazing. So keep your cars analog. <laughs> <laughs>